today is a special occasion in our family and we will be celebrating that occasion after the service this morning. So, um, uh, I, well, I thought that I'd dressed up a bit smarter, but actually no one commented on how smart I looked, um, how unusually dapper and well presented I was. Was there a special occasion? None of you asked because maybe, maybe you didn't notice, maybe I'm not as dapper as I should be, but um, I'm conscious of time also because uh, I really want us to understand and hear in our hearts the message that I think God wants to download to us at the start of this year. And sometimes if you introduce too much, you can deflect from the main message. I'm going to recap very briefly what I said last week and then I'm just going to highlight maybe a few things that will run alongside that, that will support that. But last week I was talking about the fact that as we were stepping into 2023, I heard, I felt the Lord saying that he wanted us to be a catalyst for change. And I talked, I won't go into it this morning, but I talked about what a catalyst was. And one of the things that a catalyst is, it's a person or event that quickly causes change or action to take place. I talked about the fact that sometimes there are disagreements, disappointments, or disruptions that happen to us individually, to us as a church, sometimes as the church, that cause us or give us reason to question whether we should carry on, give up, because things are hard and haven't quite worked out as we planned. And I said that God didn't want those things to stop us from pursuing the things that God had called us to do. They didn't stop Paul in his burning desire to go where God had sent him. But his life wasn't without disagreement, disappointment or disruption. The second thing that we emphasised last week was that God want us, wanted us to be spirit-led. It wasn't enough for something that we were doing honestly before God to just seem right to us. But we wanted that double check. Did it seem right to us and to the Holy Spirit? We see that Paul was spirit-led and he placed the highest value on checking at every step whether this was a doorway, whether this was a direction that God was permitting him to go in. The third thing was, and I think this is the most important thing, was that we see things from street view you think about Google Maps. So we often just see what's in front of us, what is visible around us. 
But God sees things from another perspective. He sees the beginning and the end. He sees from things from satellite view. And we can trust him even when all we can see is the lamppost in front of us. But he wants us to trust him. So this week I just want to look at a few attributes that we see in the Apostle Paul's life when we think about what it's like to be a person or a group of people that are a catalyst for change. And I want to go back into Acts 16 and I want to read some of that passage. Um, In fact, what I'm going to do is I'm going to touch on some of that passage uh, because of the time that we've got. I'm not going to read the whole thing. What are the attributes that we see in Paul just in this segment of his life where we see a seemingly insignificant group of people having a massive effect on their town and on their community? The first thing that I think I see in the Apostle Paul, which is amplified in Acts 16, is a burning desire to share the good news of Jesus. Underneath everything that's going on, the reason why they have landed in this place in Macedonia directed and led by the Holy Spirit is because they have got a burning desire to share the gospel of Jesus, particularly with areas and regions that have not yet heard who Jesus Christ was and what he did and what that meant for humanity. It was this actually which was at the very heart of burning at the very heart of Paul's life. Because, you know, Jesus, when he left, the last thing he said to his disciples, which he says to you and me, is Matthew 28, 19, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So the first thing is that he was passionate a burning desire for people to know about Christ. Secondly, we've already touched this, the attribute, one of the main attributes of being a catalyst is that you are led by the Holy Spirit. And I've just touched on that. But we see twice in Acts 16.6, And Acts 16.7, it says that they were kept by the Holy Spirit from proceeding to preach in Asia. And the Spirit did not, of Jesus, would not allow them to cross over the border to enter another place. They were being directly guided by the Holy Spirit. And then in Acts 16.9, we see Paul at night having a vision of a man from Macedonia. 
saying, come over to Macedonia to help us. So we see that Paul and the, four that were with, the three that were with him, we talked about that last week, who was with him, were being led by the Spirit. The third thing, the third attribute that we see is that Paul's life and the life of his team and the life of the seemingly insignificant group of people that were gathered in Philippi um, at the very heart of what they did their main thing that they did together was pray the main thing they did together was prayer it seemed like prayer was as natural and vital to their life as a community of believers as breathing is to us it was the breath of the church, prayer. It says in Acts 16, 13, on the Sabbath, this is Luke saying, because you'll remember Luke was there, Silas was there, Paul was there, and Timothy was there. So these four dudes, it says, were going to the place of, went outside the city gates to the river where they expected to find a place of prayer. They sat down and began to speak to the women who gathered there. And what we were talking about was the fact that they didn't have their own synagogue there because there wasn't enough Jews to have a synagogue in a Roman colony. And so those that were of the Jewish faith were outside, meeting outside the city to pray and gather in a small group. So there's four missionary guys and a group of women meeting to pray. They sat down and spoke to these ladies and one of them, Lydia, it says that the Lord opened her heart and she heard the message of who Jesus was, the Messiah, and received him. And then her household as well, and she was baptised. But then we see in the scriptures in Acts 16, 16, once when they were going to the place of prayer, and again when this um, woman with the, um, who was predicting the future and calling out to Paul, it says that um, every time that Paul and his friends would go to meet to pray, this woman would come and speak out, this is, these are the servants of God, these are going to tell you who the saviour of the saviour is it says that every day that kept happening so what it looks like to me is that this group were meeting day after day after day primarily to pray and to share their faith together again this is one of the attributes that I think God wants us to to model um, in our time in the way that that looks the other thing that we see is that when Paul and Silas eventually get thrown into prison, it's true that at the midnight hour they were singing hymns, it says. We had a hymn this morning where they were singing an ancient hymn, probably one that was based on the Psalms, a hymn that was sung through the generations, maybe even from the times, maybe it was at one of the laments, maybe it was a one of the, 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 the hymns that talk about 
Christ and he's coming. I don't know. But they were singing. But it says also they were praying. So we have prayer. The fourth thing we have is miraculous signs. Just to touch on the story. um, Reading verse 17. As I said, as they went to pray... This is what happened. Uh, This lady followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the Spirit left. The story is that this lady through being able to predict the future, used to raise an income for her slave masters. And her slave masters are very unhappy that the spirit by which she used to make these predictions had been cast out of her. And they thought that commercially they were going to lose a lot of money. So they brought Paul and Silas, they dragged them into the the city square before the magistrates and said that these Jews were causing an uproar. Apparently around this time was the time when the Jews who were in Rome had been expelled from Rome because they were causing a disruption. And so at that time, particularly in Jewish, sorry, in Roman colonies, in places that were were full of Romans, where they lived, there was an anti-Jewish sentiment because they were considered to be troublemakers. These were not Messianic Jews. These were not Jews who were followers now of Christ. These were just normal uh, Jews living in Rome and other places at the time. Cut a long story short, these guys were beaten with rods. They were were stripped and put in prison. So one miracle, Paul speaks to the spiritual dynamic that was going on and he says, be quiet. And this young slave girl is set free. Wow. Second miracle, at the midnight hour, when Paul and Silas are praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them, suddenly there was a violent earthquake. The foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Second miracle. Third miracle, the jailer woke and when he saw the prison door open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself. Because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. Maybe if that had happened just a moment earlier, he couldn't have been saved. But just at the right time. The fifth ingredient that we see is courage. (laughs) Courage. I think courage is going to be my word 
for, my, for me, for, for 2023, courage. A willingness to carry on even when you're persecuted and mistreated and disruption happens to your life that you never expected. Interestingly, Jesus said this in Matthew 5, Blessed are you, blessed, when people insult you, persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil things against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Hmm. The next one, six, giving thanks. One of the attributes that we see here is courage, but also thanksgiving. Paul and Silas have been stripped and beaten with rods, placed in the innermost cell in the prison. And at midnight, they were praying and singing hymns to God, and they weren't doing it quietly. When Paul writes to the Philippians, Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, just like when we were in the prison, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, with thanksgiving. 1 Thessalonians, Paul writing to the Thessalonians 5, 16 and to 18, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So a quick recap as I come to finish. The attributes of being a catalyst. One, a burning desire to share the good news of Jesus with someone else. Two, being led by the Holy Spirit. Giving the Holy Spirit the power of veto over all our God-inspired plans. Prayer. Number three, prayer. To become as natural and vital to our lives and the life of our church community as it is to breathe. Four, miraculous signs. Not the stuff that we can do, but the stuff that God does, that we know it can only be God. Because actually we're all very ordinary people. And if people knew us, they would absolutely know that we had nothing to do with creating an earthquake which just so happened not to destroy the building, but just to open the doors of every cell so that nobody was hurt. Miraculous events, being at, in the right place at the right time to stop someone taking their life and causing themselves harm. Number five, courage. Courage in the face of opposition and disruption to our lives because we know Christ and we keep him at the center 
And number six, giving thanks whatever the circumstances. Always giving thanks to God and remembering that he is in the middle of the cell or the place where you are and you are needing his help. I don't know whether there's one of these attributes that resonates with you more than any of the others. But I really want to pray for myself and for you and for us this year that we would grasp hold of some of the things uh, that God uh, wants us to be, some of these attributes that God wants us to have in our lives or increase in our lives so that our witness and our actions and the way that we live in private and in public can bring about the change that God is longing to see both in us and in the people and places that he's put in our lives. I need more of all of those things. And I want to ask God that he would be gracious to me in helping me learn what it's like to have these attributes in my life in the time that I'm living in now. Because surely our world, our families, our work colleagues, our places that we live need the change that only Jesus can bring more than ever before. So can we finish by just for a moment pausing to pray? I don't think it's unreasonable to ask God where we have a lack in our own lives or where we feel that we need to go a step forward in any of these areas, whether it's courage, whether it's prayer, whether it's having that burning desire to share Jesus, whether it's seeing the miraculous, or being thankful. We all need God's help. So can we take a moment just to ask him this morning? Father, just as we're sitting here today, we admit that in our lives, we don't, yet have all of these attributes and we certainly don't necessarily have these attributes to the extent that you want us to have them. And so this morning we just ask you God at the beginning of this year Lord would you take us on one step further forward than we, than we are now. Would you 
teach us, mould us, shape us in our character, in the way that we live. Lord, that we would truly be people that reveal Christ in every place that you put us. this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope this has encouraged you. You can listen to our other Sunday morning teachings here or our In the Limelight series where we chat with ministries and organisations we're connected with to dive deeper and highlight the amazing work they do. Get connected. You can visit us over on our website www.hhcc.org.uk or find us on Facebook and Instagram at hhcc.org.uk. Bye for now and we bless you as you walk into this new week.